Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I'm your host, Merritt Beck. I have been a fashion blogger since 2011, but last year I launched a podcast and I've been loving every minute of it. This podcast is an extension of the content I create for my blog and Instagram, where I share recent recs and reviews, answer listener questions, chat with the occasional guest, and discuss fun, relevant topics for women in their 20s, 30s, and beyond. I am so glad you're here, so let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. So the day I'm recording this is Monday, July 11th, and it is my birthday today. So that's right. I am officially 35. If you've been listening to the last few episodes, you'll know I'd been planning a big party for Friday night at my house, and I'm not really a big birthday person, but I just wanted to host something and give people a reason to dress up and party. Aside from game nights and smaller get-togethers, it was the first time I hosted a proper party at my new house, so I was really excited to get something together, have everybody over, dress up, drink, eat, all of the good stuff. I started the process at the end of May, so it was a pretty quick turnaround, but it all came together very nicely. My friend Katie actually suggested the theme La Dolce Vita when we were at brunch, so I have to give her all of the credit for coming up with that, and it honestly made the whole planning process much easier. (laughs) It was the perfect theme for a summer birthday party and really helped tie everything together seamlessly in terms of the menu, the flowers, the linens I used. Having a theme really helped because I never know where to start with things like that. So having a theme really helped me kind of narrow down what I was going to use for all of those various things. And it just made making decisions a lot easier. I'm a fairly detail-oriented person, but event planning is a whole other level. There are just so many little things you have to consider and even last-minute details that you might forget about or not even think about until just hours before the party. For example, I'd already gotten the napkins and I'd rented the silverware, but it wasn't until the day of the party that I had, I had no clue how I wanted to arrange them or place them. Part of that, of course, I had to wait for the caterer to get there and set it up, but I'm not good at last minute stuff. I like to have a plan for things. So just little details like that with planning events um, might slip through the cracks. So, (laughs) And it seems like a small detail, and I'm not particularly talented at arranging things on a table, but I know these details make a big difference. So, But let's go back to when I first started planning the party. So I've never hosted a party in Dallas before, aside from like co-hosting baby and bridal showers, usually at a venue. And each of us is in charge of one thing versus this, which was a party I was planning at my house for myself, all by myself. I've never had to work with a caterer other than Central Market. So with that said, I thought it would probably be a good idea to start by crowdsourcing on Instagram for suggestions on who to use for the night. And I got a lot of good recommendations. And from those recommendations, I did my own research into their websites and Instagram pages. I looked at reviews on other websites like uh, The Knot and Yelp and that kind of thing. I narrowed it down from there. And then from there, I narrowed it down based on kind of what their menu options looked like. There were a couple of very popular local caterers that was suggested to me by friends I knew I could trust. But unfortunately, I didn't have much luck with them getting back to me. A lot of them, like I said, are just, they're very popular, but also kind of more small businessy. And I just don't think they have somebody who's like really managing the communication very well. So I didn't end up going with either of those, but I ended up going with a company called Vestal's Catering, mostly based on the menu choices and the great reviews they had online. Otherwise I didn't really know anything about them. 
Uh, like I said, I'm not familiar with any caterers here in Dallas other than Central Market. So I was really starting from square one, but they were really on top of it with communication all the way up front. So, and they did a lot of following up. So it felt like they were really on top of it. And I was confident that they were going to do everything right. So they arrived right on time the day of the party and mostly did their setup in the garage, which I felt terrible about because it was like a billion degrees out there. I had a fan on out there. They also brought their own fan, but I was like, please come in and like sit in the AC whenever you need to. I actually had the laundry room totally cleaned out for them to use to plate stuff and hang out in there. But I think they needed more space than that with the amount of things they had to bring. They had to bring like a hot box and some other things to keep things warm. But anyway, the way we set up the party was that the first hour was going to be past apps. And then the second hour would be a couple of food stations. And then the last hour would be dessert. So the past apps I selected from the menu included prosciutto wrapped asparagus that had some lemon zest. That was a nice touch on those. The chicken meatballs, which I actually didn't try that night. I was busy talking to everybody, so I didn't get to try all of the past apps. They also had a fresh tomato bruschetta, which I hadn't tried. And then an herb marinated beef tenderloin skewer that came with like a little roasted cherry tomato and kind of a potato roasty, a little hash brown, you might say, <laughs> underneath. And they were pretty good. I, I would say I, I actually liked the mozzarella bar that had some meats and grilled vegetables and pesto and just some little bites like that. I liked that better than the past apps, if I'm being honest. And they've made very good leftovers. I ate it for lunch today. I reheated the vegetables, poured some pesto on it, ate some of the burrata. So that I really enjoyed. And then the risotto station was good. I thought I could have been better though. And then for the dessert, the caterer served mini lemon tarts, which were really delightful. And like I said, while I enjoyed the food, I have to be honest and say I wasn't super blown away by it. I guess just because catering is so expensive, I just had high expectations. And it's not that the food was bad. I just felt like the presentation of, of some of it kind of left a little bit to be desired. And none of the flavors like totally blew me away. Uh, with that said, I was kind of on a budget. I was trying not to spend too much. so. Um, that may have had something to do with the the things I chose or whatever being less expensive. I don't know. But anyway, with that said, the service was top notch. They really were on top of everything in terms of the scheduling of everything. And like I said, the food was good. It just like wasn't the best I've ever had, I'll say. And then they also were amazing serving throughout the party. They cleaned everything up and packed up everything into leftover things for me. I actually had to use my own containers. I'm glad I had a lot already clean. They wouldn't pack it up in their own containers for me. So that was good to learn. I'm not sure how other caterers do it, but I didn't have to worry about anything all night, which was really nice. All in all, I'd say the catering was probably a seven out of 10 when you take everything into account. But like I said, I've been really enjoying the leftovers from the parties. <laughs> now I have to also mention the fabulous birthday cake my sweet friend Laura baked. She is a pastry chef at the Ritz here in Dallas and also does it on the side. She, if you listen to Emma's podcast, that's what E said. She's baking Emma's wedding cake. She's doing a funfetti cake for her wedding. And she has, Laura has brought me treats from time to time, like over Christmas before I went home to Austin. She brought me this big thing of shortbread cookies that were insanely good. They were so buttery and they just like crumbled right in your mouth. It was so, they're so good. She's also brought us cookie sandwiches to dinner. She's just so thoughtful and sweet, pun intended. 
She's so talented. And um, she offered to bake a cake for my party. And she decided to mimic Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding cake, which if you recall is lemon and elderflower. And it was truly the best cake of my life. It was super light and fluffy, but it was still incredibly moist and decadent. I truly don't know how she does it. It was sweet, but not overly rich or noticeably sugary. It had the perfect balance of flavors and textures. I've been eating it every day since, but I did freeze half of it to save it for later because I know Liza did not get any. She ended up uh, missing out on the cake that night for some reason. <laughs> and also my mom wants to try it. So I saved some of it, but I will definitely be eating it this week. So <laughs> if you're in need of a cake or any kind of pastry or dessert for an upcoming in a- event, definitely check out Lara Kotler Pastries on Instagram. I'll be sure to tag her on my Instagram stories as well. So follow Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram. For the flowers, I also had trouble getting a response from some of the more popular local florists like Avant Garden and Dr. Delphinium. I called them both more than once and both times was told someone would call me back, which nobody ever did. But it was definitely for the best because a podcast listener and Instagram follower reached out and offered to help me instead. So Emily of Bloomily created the most fabulous arrangements for my party and they were perfectly on theme. I mentioned this in last week's episode, but when she reached out, she included an inspiration graphic with some Pinterest pics of kind of the summer and the Amalfi Coast La Dolce Vita dinner party theme and a selection of flowers she was suggesting I use. And that graphic helped me one, understand her vision. And like, she was obviously totally on point and kind of got what I wanted to do. And also it gave me the opportunity to review some of the flowers, make some notes on how I wanted them to look, give her direction on how I wanted the lemons incorporated, what kind of vases I wanted to use. For example, we talked about using blue and white ginger jars on all of the tables, but once I'd gotten my tablecloths in and they were blue and white, I realized it was probably best if we did clear vases on those tablecloth tables. Um, She also came over to see the space to pick up two of my ginger jars, which we were going to use, and took photos of the areas where I was going to need the flowers to be. The flowers were the only decor item other than the linens I purchased for this party. So part of me was pretty anxious about how they'd turn out. Flowers can make or break a space and she did not disappoint. (laughs) The flowers were absolutely breathtaking and really made the space pop. Uh, The ginger jars were placed strategically on the island, the kitchen island countertop, my burl coffee table in the living room, on the entry table and on the marble coffee table in my front room, none of which obviously had tablecloths on them. So that was perfect because the ginger jars really helped tie in the blue and white printed tablecloths on the other surfaces and really gave the space a cohesive pulled together look. Uh, The dining tables and bartender tables featured the glass vases because they had the tablecloths on them and they truly looked perfect. I also have to say her pricing was really approachable considering how many arrangements she made for me. So if you're in the Dallas area and need a florist for an event, definitely check out Emily of Bloomily Blooms. And I mentioned this last week, but her Instagram handle is at Bloomily, B-L-O-O-M-I-L-Y underscore. She's so great, so sweet, very helpful, and really came up with the best flowers for my party. So now let's move on to discuss the bartender who was truly the star of the show the night of the party. Alex Juarez is his name and his Instagram handle is at Dallas private bartender. 
He has worked in the Dallas restaurant scene for about 20 years, but in the last few years, he's done a ton of private parties. And he told me on Friday that he's turned that into his full-time job, which is awesome. He is very popular in the Highland Park and University Park crowd. I've seen him at multiple parties over the years, and I knew I wanted him to work my event. He is always such a delight. He's so friendly and funny. He was probably the first vendor I reached out to to confirm because I know he books up fast. And in fact, I'd originally wanted to book him for Saturday night, but he'd already had a commitment then. So Friday night it is. And I'm so glad I changed the date of the party to accommodate him because he truly made the night so special. I just, I can't imagine having any other bartender at that party now. He truly went above and beyond everything. He works as just a bartender. So he obviously doesn't provide any of the alcohol or ice or anything, but he did bring some of his own bartender tools to use to help him mix and create drinks. So when he arrived on Friday, I had a whole setup waiting for him. I had two large coolers, one with clean ice for him to use in beverages and the other filled with wine, beer, and non-alcoholic drinks and mixers. We had all kinds of liquor, club soda, tonic, sparkling water, grapefruit juice, cranberry juice. We had lemon juice, lime juice. I went all out. But the real hit of the night was the signature cocktail, which with the Dolce Vita theme, I wanted to serve a limoncello-themed beverage. Limoncello is one of my very favorite things, and I knew it would be perfectly on theme. I feel like most people like lemon flavors. I can't remember who sent this to me. It was either Katie or Liza, but there was a recipe for a limoncello spritz from a Reels video on Instagram that we used, and I'll be sure to post a photo of the recipe on the Beck and Call podcast Instagram page this week if you want to try it. It ended up being so popular, we ran out of limoncello, which shocked me because I bought two big bottles of it, and I figured most of the guys wouldn't drink that. They'd probably get like liquor or beer, but I think nearly everybody at the party at least had one. I had I drank it most of the night until we ran out of it. But like I said, I had two pretty big bottles of limoncello, and the recipe doesn't require much per drink, so I was super surprised we ran out. Luckily, we had so many other beverage options and wine and liquor and beer and non-alcoholic stuff. So anyway, back to Alex, the bartender. He got to my house even earlier than he said he'd be there. And I got him all set up at his table. And since he was so early, he offered to help me with the napkins and silverware arranging and just kind of went to work on whatever I or the caterer needed help with. And once the guests got there, he was incredible. It's like he would anticipate when people needed a new drink and would bring it over to them. He didn't stay behind the bar. He was actively moving around the party, grabbing empty cups from guests and replacing drinks for them. He was cleaning as he went too, picking up empty cups and used napkins from services and all of that. And he ended up staying nearly an hour longer than he was supposed to, which partly is my fault. I wasn't even watching the clock, but the party ended at 1030. It ended, I say that in air quotes, but Of course, I wanted people to stay and he just continued to work. And once I realized the time, I basically had to shoo him out of my house because I felt so bad he was staying beyond when I, you know, told him the hours were. (laughs) So he was just like the most helpful and wanted the party to be absolutely perfect. I truly cannot recommend Alex enough. Everyone was coming up to me throughout the party telling me how amazing he was all night and how much they loved him and wanted his contact info. So definitely check him out and hire him for your next party. He does book up fast, but you can reach out to him via his Instagram. He checks his DMs every day. It's at Dallas Private Bartender. He is amazing. Thank you, Alex. If you listen to this, you are the best. 
In terms of rentals, I didn't need all that much. I was expecting about 35 people. And since this wasn't a sit down dinner, I didn't feel like I needed to rent a bunch of extra tables. I have a decently sized dining table. I have a large area, sitting area in my living room, plus that front room. That's where I record the podcast. You may have seen pictures of it before, but lots of areas to sit. And I also figured people would be standing around talking, drinking, maybe going outside to see the backyard since that's all new. All I rented was a 48 inch round table and chairs. And then I also rented salad slash dessert plates and silverware. All of the rentals were done through a company called Posh Rentals in Dallas. And I was so glad that they had these pretty blue and white printed plates, which were perfectly on theme. The whole process, placing the order, the delivery and the pickup were all seamless. We had plenty of everything and it worked out so great. And then as far as the table linens go, the blue and white printed tablecloths were something my mom found on Etsy. I'll share a link to buy them on the Beck and Call podcast Instagram account if you want to check that out. But they came in several dimension options. So I ordered one for the round table and then two different sizes of the rectangle option for the bar and my dining table. And they were so pretty and perfect. The napkins I used were yellow and blue, which added a nice pop against the blue and white and picked up the yellow and the flower arrangements as well. And then some of the napkins were actually from my mom's personal collection, but I ordered a dozen or so more just to have extra because I wasn't sure how many we'd run through. I found some similar ones on Etsy that I love, so I'll be sure to link those as well. And then for the invitations, the signature cocktail signs, the branded cups and cocktail napkins, I used my friend Catherine Jezik's services. She used to work at LTK doing their graphic design, but now works for herself, mostly doing event and wedding invitations, as well as branded elements for parties like this. She did such an incredible job as always and really brought the La Dolce Vita theme to life. Head to her website at katherinejezikdesigns.com to learn more about her services, check out her portfolio and contact her. She is so easy to work with, has amazing taste and has such a great eye for details that make this kind of a branding for events so special. And I'm so glad we went with the plastic cups because I can reuse them and use them for a while. I just think they're so cute and fun. I also think I mentioned this in last week's episode, but I hired Becca of Beckley & Co. to photograph the event. I wanted to get photos of the party and all the details, of course, but mostly I wanted photos with my friends. She came a little early to shoot photos of the flowers and various things around the house, as well as me and my outfit. And then she stayed until around 930, taking photos of everyone at the party, both candid and planned. And I cannot wait to get the photos back on Thursday. She's so talented and I love how she edits her photos and I'm sure she captured it perfectly. I'm just, it's a night I want to remember and I want to have those memories in photo format. So I'm excited to see what she got. I think that pretty much covers it in terms of the vendors for everything I used at the party, but let's actually talk about last week leading up to it and how the party went. So as you already know, the Nordstrom anniversary sale launched last week. So with it kind of coinciding with the party, I was originally a little stressed about finding time to shop the sale, shoot content and do all of that as early access opened up to certain card members. But as luck would have it, (laughs) I discovered Nordstrom dropped their commission rate to 3.5%, which is a major drop when comparing it to previous years. And while it's a bummer, and I'm definitely not going to make as much on the sale this year as a result, I kind of was relieved to not feel as pressured to get content up after I found out. I'd already 
planned a bunch of content. I'd already created the capsule. I'd created my big blog post on it and done several collages on top of that. So that was annoying that I'd spent, you know, almost all last week and all of the holiday weekend on in sale. But now that I'd done that, I didn't really feel as much pressure to get stuff up right away in terms of when I shopped the sale and, you know, doing try-ons. I still haven't done a (laughs) try-on. It's pretty bad. Uh, Early access has officially started and I have not done that yet. But it actually took quite a bit off my plate and allowed me to really focus on getting ready for the party, which I ended up being kind of grateful for. So on Thursday morning, I dropped Reese's off at Bevel Dog Behavior, where she stayed Thursday and Friday night as I prepped and threw my party. And as much as I would have loved to have her there, it was nice to have her out of the house and I didn't have to worry about her with the various deliveries and all of the people coming over. I feel like she would have been totally overwhelmed. So and I would have been overwhelmed having to watch her and all of that. So after that, I went home and worked out. And then I showered and drove over to Nordstrom to shop the sale in person. Much earlier that morning, 2 a.m. in fact, I woke up and shopped the sale online. Most of the stuff I purchased was available for pickup at North Park, which was really nice, but it wasn't actually ready when I went to the store to shop the sale in person. So I ended up having to drive back to Nordstrom after lunch to get my online order. But I did find a couple of additional items in store that I hadn't purchased online, so it was definitely worth going. The only downside to picking up the order later is that I didn't have time to shoot any of it or record a try-on. I had a nail appointment at 3 and a hair appointment at 5.45 on the other side of town, so I just had had time to post a photo of the shoes that I purchased from the sale. Um, And on Friday, I figured I'd have some time while I was waiting for deliveries to do a try-on, but of course, I ended up doing last-minute party planning most of the day. I did some cleaning and organizing around the house. I folded napkins, picked up ice, set up the bartender's area for him. And then the the caterer arrived at five and the bartender arrived just after six. So once I got all of them situated, I went back and got my makeup on and got dressed. The photographer, Becca, arrived at seven. And like I said, we took some photos on my newly finished patio, as well as the interiors featuring the gorgeous flowers and tablecloths. The party started at 7.30, but I would say most guests started arriving at 7.45, like between 7.45 and 8. I had my phone in my pocket, my dress had pockets naturally, but I I didn't take it out during the party, which is why I'm so glad I hired a photographer. It's very unlike me to not take my phone out, but I was just having a blast and like catching up and talking to people and eating and drinking. I was so busy. And so being able to enjoy myself and not have to worry about that was so nice. And I'm so excited that Becca got so many photos and I can't wait to see them. So (laughs) the whole event went off without a hitch. And while the event technically ended at 1030 is that's when the catering was packing up and leaving. I encouraged everyone to stay after as I wanted to continue the house party. And we had so much booze left. And honestly, I still do. Surprisingly or not, depending on how you look at it, most of my single friends left at about 1030 to go out after, and then the coupled up people stayed much later partying into the night. I think we had about 16 or 17 people who stayed past midnight, and about eight were there until about 3 a.m., and after midnight, we pretty much spent the whole rest of the night on my patio, sitting on my front gate furniture. It was barely cool enough to do that, but it was really nice to just sit out there and we were chatting and laughing. I don't even remember what we talked about, but it was really fun. And I think I mentioned this last week. I was excited for some of my college friends to meet some of these newer friends that I've made in the last year. And I feel like people really kind of meshed together well and everyone got along and it was so, so fun. So thank you to everybody 
who celebrated with me on Friday night. I feel very loved and very blessed. And it was such a fun party. And like I said, I can't wait to get the photos back and share with all of you um, and share with my friends all of the photos of us. I think that'll be wonderful to have those memories solidified in photo format. So very excited about that. my 35th birthday, I thought we could dedicate part of this episode to how I'm feeling about hitting my mid thirties and some thoughts I have about turning 35 and getting older. If you were to ask me at 20, where I thought I'd be at 35, I can tell you honestly that this would not be it. I'd always imagined getting married young, having kids by 30 and becoming a stay at home mom as that's what my mom did and what society generally expects of young women. I never really had considered any other lifestyle or path for myself and certainly didn't think I'd be working, let alone working for myself. But as luck would have it, though, I found myself doing something new and creative and challenging in my early 20s that I absolutely loved. I started my blog in February 2011 at the age of 23 and quickly discovered I had a knack and passion for it. I was also fresh off a breakup and had just started a cool new job at Reward Style, which was such an interesting and innovative company at the time. It still is, but it was just like a new chapter in my life started then. I just was not interested in dating at the time and threw myself into work. And I did that for a long time. I probably went on five dates in the two years I worked for Reward Style while I was also doing my blog on nights and weekends. And then after leaving Reward Style, to pursue my blog full-time, I replaced those hours I was working with travel. I spent my time exploring new places and capturing beautiful moments to share on my website and on social media. I've spent time with family and friends, traveled the world, helped design and decorate a home. I became financially independent and I'm in a place where I can live the way I want and do just about anything now. I have lived a very full life so far, and that's all without a relationship, which is something I thought I needed. This was something I always expected to have early on. And while I would still eventually love to meet someone and find a life partner, it's not a make or break thing for me anymore. When that certain someone comes along, I'll know it's right when it's right, because the rest of my life is pretty damn great. Before the pandemic hit in 2020, I'd planned to move to Chicago and I'd wanted a change of pace. I'd lived in Dallas since moving here in 2005 to attend SMU. I also didn't love the dating scene here and was just starting to feel a little behind, if you will, compared to my friends here who were getting married and starting to have kids. Spoiler alert, (laughs) thanks to the pandemic, I did not end up moving to Chicago. And while I was sad at the time, because I was kind of excited for a change like that, I was ultimately grateful to stay in Dallas, especially during a time of such uncertainty. And reflecting back on that time, part of me is grateful the pandemic happened because it forced me to slow down. I'm obviously not happy about people getting sick and dying, obviously, but the lockdowns and restrictions kind of forced us all to evaluate our current situations and circumstances. It gave us all a moment to reflect and consider our options. I'm very type A and somewhat of a workaholic. You may know that. Uh, But I think in the last couple of years, I've become more comfortable letting pieces go and really only working on things I'm interested in doing. I'm less concerned with how it'll look if I don't get a blog post up or I'm not as consistent posting on my Instagram stories, for example. So, for example, when I went to London and Paris in June, I turned off my story replies on Instagram and honestly have yet to turn them back on. I'm giving myself permission to take breaks more often and allowing myself 
more flexibility when it comes to my work schedule, just giving myself some grace. I know I love connecting with you guys on Instagram and anywhere you want to connect with me. I love that. But sometimes it can feel like a lot feeling like you're on 24 seven, like when you wake up and check your DMS and there's like a rude DM waiting for you, or just, it feels like a demanding DM. And it's just like kind of ruins your day or sets your day off on the wrong foot. And most of the communication I receive is positive, but even those can feel overwhelming. I'll wake up and I'll check my inbox and I'll have like 50 unopened DMS and I get stressed immediately. And being able to sort of just press pause, not deal with that for a few weeks has been really, really nice. I still will accept DMs if you message me from my profile, but turning off the story replies basically prevents people from sending the emoji in response to something I've posted or just sending a statement versus like submitting an actual question. It just kind of weeds it out. So it's just important questions, which I appreciate sometimes. (laughs) But like right now during the summer, when things are a little slower, generally, it's been really nice to not have to kind of be on call, if you will. Uh, (laughs) So I'm giving myself more grace. I'm being more flexible with my work schedule. I'm giving myself permission to take breaks, all of that stuff. So the older I get, the more comfortable I am with myself and the less I care about how things might appear or if I'll offend someone by what I do or what I say or what I share. I have insecurities like everybody and I'm still uncomfortable with a lack of control, but I have learned to find peace in those moments and settle into discomfort rather than try to control the inevitable outcomes. For example, I don't have much control over when I will meet the right partner for me, but I've done what I can to give myself as many options for the future as possible as I get older. I'm still not 100% sure I want children, but I've frozen my eggs so I have the option if and when that time comes. Aside from doing that, there's not much control I have over that situation. Like I can't stop the clock. And it, yes, I can go on a ton of dates, but that's not really what, how I want to do it. I just want to live my life and eventually meet somebody. And I, people may say that's a stupid thing to do, but um, I just find myself not enjoying the apps. I don't want to date like that. I, I dread them every time. Um, I just feel like it's when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And I've done what I can to ensure a positive outcome if I do want kids. And I'm kind of okay if I end up not having them. So I'm glad I did freeze my eggs because it does take the pressure off of the ticking clock when it comes to dating. And I'm not desperate to meet someone right away. So I'm happy to wait for the right person to come along. And that's okay. I will likely always have body image issues, but I've gotten more comfortable in my own skin and don't avoid certain clothing items as often, even if they're quote unquote unflattering on me. As long as I'm treating my body well by eating healthfully most of the time and working out consistently, my body will look how it's supposed to look. I'm not going to deprive myself or starve myself to attain a look I won't be able to maintain or get skinny to meet a guy, for example. And I'm more comfortable with my body than I have been in years. I want to eat the food I want to eat. Am I going to continue to eat salads and vegetables? Yes, but I also want to eat pasta and pizza and dessert. I'm not going to starve myself. I'm not going to deprive myself of the things I love just to be skinny anymore. I feel like this was something that I did a lot in my 20s. And that's why my weight has fluctuated so much over the years. But as I've gotten older, I've just gotten more comfortable with my body I know that this is the way I look, whether I gain or lose 10 to 15 pounds, and I'm just, I'm more comfortable with it. 
A few other things I've been thinking about when it comes to getting older is I've become more forgiving and accepting of myself. When I make a mistake, I own up to it faster than I would have 10 years ago. I'm so stubborn, but I also don't beat myself up over it like I would have back then. I'm more accepting of my own flaws. I'm not as concerned with the status quo or trying to fit in. I used to hate the feeling of someone not liking me and feeling like I needed to prove them wrong, which was probably a byproduct of me being bullied as an adolescent and not feeling cool or part of the in crowd. But as I've gotten older, I've realized I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Just like not everyone is going to be my cup of tea. I don't love everybody. Why should everyone love me? We're all unique and interesting and fun in our own ways. And as adults, we get to choose who we spend our time with and what we put our energy into. And that's been such a freeing realization for me as a lifelong people pleaser and something I'm more and more confident in (laughs) as I get get older. As I turn 35, I am grateful for my health and the health of those around me, for the support and love from my family and friends, for the community that supports my work and encourages me every day. I'm grateful for the opportunities I've had to travel the world and also for the time I've spent at home relaxing and enjoying more of a simple, boring routine. My first 35 years have been pretty amazing and I'm eager to see what the next 35 have in store for me. I have a feeling they're gonna keep getting better and better. into the beck and call segment, I have a birthday request. (laughs) So if you'd like to do something special for me on my birthday, please consider supporting the podcast in one of the following ways. Call into the hotline to submit an advice question. The number is 214-620-0473. You can also email these to info at beckandcallpodcast.com if you'd prefer not to have your voice shared on the podcast. We are running low on these and I need your submissions to keep this segment alive. So all of your questions are answered anonymously and you can ask me questions on any topic. So no holds barred, email me, call me, submit your questions. You can also call in with your complaints and confessions, really whatever you want to talk to me about, but keep sending them in because I need them to keep going each episode. So The second way you can support me on my birthday is to share my podcast with a friend, coworker, family member, or anyone else you might think would enjoy it. Growing a podcast is a challenge and word of mouth recommendations go so far. It's really the best way to grow. So many of the podcasts that I have discovered have been through recommendations from friends. So if you're really enjoying the podcast and you have friends that you think would like it, send in, send it their way. Thank you so much. (laughs) Finally, please be sure to give a five-star rating and write a review for the podcast over on Apple Podcasts. It takes just a few seconds and is a free and easy way to support me and this podcast. You can also now rate podcasts on Spotify too. So if that's where you listen, just go to the uh, show page on Spotify and there's a way to rate with stars. Five stars, please. (laughs) Now let's get into this week's voicemail. Hi, Merit. Happy birthday. Um, This is just some advice for... Uh, turning 35 or any age, actually. Um, Just enjoy it. Embrace every year. Um, Getting older is getting better. And um, I always, I always like to just um, embrace my birthdays and just know that um, getting, we're getting wiser and learning more. And uh, the time goes really, really fast. So just live life to its fullest and enjoy it. Happy birthday. 
Thank you so much for calling in and for the birthday wishes. Over the weekend, I put up a story for listeners to call in with advice. So thank you for taking the time to do so. You were one of the few. (laughs) I used to worry so much about getting older, but for some reason, the last couple of years, I've been changing my tune. I think partly because I've learned to embrace the stage I'm in currently, and I'm truly trying to enjoy the freedom that comes with being single and self-employed. I've always enjoyed my independence and I've always felt confident solo, but there were times in my late 20s where I was worried more about how things were going to turn out, what my life would end up looking like, especially as I was seeing my friends get married and I was having no luck in that department finding anyone I wanted to date. (laughs) So I can confidently say now that I'm very happy with how things are turning out and I'm definitely less worried about the future. Do I still want to meet someone? Sure. But overall, my life is very enjoyable and fulfilling, and there's no use worrying about something I ultimately don't have control over. I totally agree with you that we get better with age, like a fine wine, as people say. We continue to learn and make changes throughout our lives that lead us to more wisdom, empathy, and knowledge. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm trying to be more accepting of myself and embrace those characteristics I used to think of as flaws. It's probably my favorite part of growing up is learning to be more patient and gracious with myself. I used to be so hard on myself about every little thing, but I do think that has changed in recent years. And I definitely think getting older and having more clarity on what does and does not matter in life has everything to do with it. Thank you so much again for calling in and thank you for the birthday wishes. I feel very, very grateful. Now let's move into a couple of email submissions. This first email reads, Hi, Merritt. First, I'm a big fan. You are so entertaining and I love your stories. I feel like we could be friends IRL. My pup Oliver and I listen to you on our three times a day dog walks. Secondly, I need some advice from you and hopefully your listeners. My husband and I have been together for 13 years and married for three. We each brought two kids into the relationship. He's had a contentious relationship with his ex the entire time we've known each other. Last year, his son graduated from college and he was dreading seeing her. Well, it went better than he expected and she was actually civil, according to my husband. Fast forward a year and he asked me what I thought about inviting the ex on vacation with him and his adult kids. Excuse me, what? Apparently his kids have been traumatized by the divorce and seeing them together at graduation a year ago was heartwarming. This group vacation would be healing for the kids, again, according to my husband, And my initial reaction was no, and he seemed surprised. He said he didn't think I would have an issue with it, and now his kids are disappointed. I told him I was disappointed he spoke with the kids first before me, and now I look like the bad guy. As far as I know, he and his ex saw each other other at graduation and recently at Memorial Day, and now they are going on vacation together? After years of nasty texts and emails from her calling in to question the kind of father he is and how he treated her? I know my husband cherishes the time he spends with his kids, so the idea of his ex tagging along seems odd to me. I asked if this is an annual thing, and he said it's not sure, or he said he's not sure. It depends on how this trip goes. I am not okay with this. I have a good relationship with my ex, but no way would I want to spend vacation time with him, nor would his wife be okay with it. What would Merritt do? First of all, thank you so much for writing in and for your kind words about the podcast. I'm so glad to hear you're enjoying it, and I and that I can keep you and Oliver company on your walks. I also love listening to podcasts on my walks with Reese's each morning. So we are the same. (laughs) Second of all, I think you are totally entitled to feel uncomfortable with this. But before I jump into my thoughts about your particular predicament, I wanted to remind everyone I'm obviously not a psychologist or professional. So I'm just sharing my own personal thoughts on this. 
Um, it might be smart to chat with a psychologist or therapist about this, about how to handle this. But my biggest issue would probably be with the fact that one, he didn't discuss it with you before bringing it up to his kids. And also the fact that this is something he thought of for a trip you are not going on. He didn't give you a chance to have feelings about it and share feedback before it actually became a thing that was going to happen. I also think it's a bit strange he wants to invite her on a trip when you are not going to be there. Even if they are on great terms and the best of friends, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable with it if it was just him and his ex-wife on a trip together with their kids. And the fact that it's been contentious for so long and now it seems the relationship has changed since they last saw each other, it just seems like an odd time and occasion to bring her into the mix. It would be one thing if it was a holiday event or birthday or something that everyone, including you, was going to be involved in and he was inviting her to be cordial and have everyone together for it. But planning a trip with his adult kids without you and then inviting the ex to join, that would definitely be a no for me. And quite frankly, kind of reminds me of the plot in the movie It's Complicated. While I wouldn't jump right to that conclusion, it would make me wonder what was so different about their interactions at the graduation that made this even possible. If you're not okay with it, you should definitely tell him what it is about the situation that's bothering you. Otherwise, you're likely to continue stewing on it and build resentment. Resentment. I would probably get jealous. Um, I just think making sure you're communicative with him about how you're feeling and really laying it all out there for him would probably be the best way to go. I might be wrong, but I think most people would have a problem with their partner traveling alone with an ex, even if their kids were going to be there. So kind of make a plan for how you want to talk to him about it. But I would definitely just lay out how you're feeling about it. Don't say what he should or shouldn't do. But I think when you're honest about your own feelings, all he can do is react uh, to that. He can't blame you for anything for feeling a certain way. So um, just be honest about your feelings and hopefully he'll be respectful of that. Let's get into the second and final email submission for this week. Hi, Merritt. I'm writing to you from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a new listener to your podcast. I use the Apple podcast app to listen to podcasts and your podcast came up under the you might like podcast recommendation section. I'm so happy I did because I'm such a fan. Because I feel like you are a new friend, I'm going to ask you a question I like to ask new people I meet. What would be your perfect day? Plan it out from waking up to bedtime. Best Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for writing in. And I'm so excited to hear you found me from the You Might Like section on Apple Podcasts and that you're loving the podcast so far. As I mentioned earlier on in the episode, growing a podcast is so challenging. So it's really exciting to hear that you've discovered my podcast outside of me actually promoting it myself. (laughs) And I love this question and think it's the perfect one to answer on my birthday. So here we go. My perfect day would start by sleeping in a bit and waking up without an alarm followed by a long walk with Reese's in the neighborhood. And if it's going to be my perfect day, the temperature on my walk would be in the 60s or low 70s. Obviously, I couldn't do it. My perfect day would not be right now when it's 109 degrees today in Dallas. (laughs) After our walk, I would get a good workout in. I feel most accomplished after some kind of running workout, so I'd probably do a class on my Peloton tread. I'm sure working out is not in everyone's perfect day scenario, but I always just feel good after workout. You know, it really gets those endorphins running. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel accomplished and like I've done something great already when I fit in a workout. So after that, I would probably get ready for the day and then head to brunch with friends at either Bilbo K, Parigi, or Sedell's. Those are some of my favorites in Dallas. I would follow that with a little shopping around Highland Park Village, perhaps buy something at Chanel or Hermes. 
um, and perhaps a drink or two on the patio at Park House. Again, the weather is still very nice, sunny, but cool. It is not summer temps in Dallas. And then I would go home to relax and change for dinner. And then I would finish off the day with an early dinner at Rise Number One with friends for wine and souffles, followed by a game night at my house, either playing Mexican Train or Mahjong. That's obviously a very specific to Dallas perfect day and might be boring to some of you, but it just sounds delightful to me. (laughs) Well, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at Beck and Call Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and I will catch you guys next week. Bye.